Well, the best game on the Pac-12 slate in Week 3 is Washington at Michigan State, and that is a problem for college football fans, not for the Huskies. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free, but until then, stacked and beloved conference of champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How neat. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college terms and conditions apply. College football, college football, and more college football. Lots of stuff uh, across the Pac-12 to talk about. But first, a problem. There is a big problem that is demonstrative of what I have been talking about for many, many months here on the show. Not conference realignment, but the biggest issue beyond realignment even, although, you know, realignment, that's a pretty big issue too. I have long said the biggest issue in college football is scheduling. It is completely backwards. You have too much power to the schools. Matchups are planned too far in advance. And you just have a random assortment of everything. Like there's no consistency. There's no standard. There's no expectation. There are no rules. Schools can just cancel home and homes and pay a little bit of money to the other school like Michigan did with UCLA. We should be having Michigan and UCLA this year, and we should have had it last year. Guess what? Instead, Michigan and UCLA are going through their non-conference schedule with with three relative cupcakes. Like, imagine if UCLA's schedule... Now, the G5 teams are not quite as cupcakes, but UCLA's opponent this week is uh, North Carolina Central. Boy, I'm, I'm just... I'm stoked. Now, I'm not opposed to buy games. I am not. FCS opponent buy games are indeed a good idea in college sports, for a number of reasons. I think it's beneficial to both sides. However, if we had centralized bodies to govern college football and set schedules rather than allowing the schools to do it themselves, we could avoid running into the issue that we have this week in the Pac-12. So last week was awesome. It was epic. It was amazing. There were seven, count them seven, Power five non-conference opponents for Pac-12 teams to play. They did very well. We have eight teams in the top 25. This is the best conference in America right now. It's the deepest. It's not particularly close at this point in time. So the Pac-12 had an awesome week too. They won a bunch of games. They played a bunch of great games. There were there were good brands. There were fun matchups, things we hadn't seen before, like Cal and Auburn, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, and Tempe. Like you just go down the list, right? Oregon and Baylor, or Oregon and Utah going to Texas and playing Texas Tech and Baylor. Like that, that is all good for the sport. There were seven of those games this week. There's only one, and it's Washington at Michigan State, which by the way is, I think, a good home-and-home series. Washington and Michigan State have something in common. You know what that is? They've both been to the college football playoff in the four-team area. I know, crazy. So the two of them playing a home-and-home, I'm completely on board with that. It was a great boon to Washington last year. It would have been a good win, win for Michigan State if they had won. It'd be a great win for Michigan State this year. I don't think that's particularly likely, 
They have the weird dynamic, though, of an interim head coach. Do you play defeated or extra motivated? We're going to find out on Saturday. Games on Peacock, by the way. But we had seven Power 5 non-conference matchups last week. We have one this week. This is the problem in college football that needs addressing. Because by all accounts, week three compared to the first two in college football, not counting week zero, is a dud. It is. I'm going to be watching the games, of course, because it's my job to be able to cover uh, the, the teams as best I can here on the show. And I love watching college football, and I'm a diehard. But if you're talking about the health and well-being of the sport, you had seven non-conference Power 5 games last week. Tell me why you couldn't have made a couple of adjustments to take just two, just two of them. You could have had five last week and three this week, and it would have been a lot better. Take Utah, for instance. Utah last week went at Baylor after they went at home. They're not not went at home. They were at home hosting Florida in week one. Tell me why it wouldn't be in the best interests of the Utes and college football fans to have Weber State play Utah in week two rather than week three and then play Baylor in week three. That would add a power five matchup this week. How about Washington State and Wisconsin? I mean, it was week two last year. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that being week two again. But look at every other matchup that was in there. That, like th- This is why this is the predictable result when you just delegate authority to schools who are going to act in their own best interests. And Washington, by the way, has played this smart because Washington has looked at their schedule and said, okay, we're going to play a good G5 in week one, a lesser G5 in week two, That'll serve as basically a double tune-up for Michigan State in week three so we can be as prepared as possible. And guess what? They've looked really good through two weeks. They have looked exactly the same as they did a year ago, picking up where they left off, which is what you'd expect. I mean, the only question I had about Washington coming into this year was, you know, what do you have in the secondary? We'll know once they play Michigan State. And then also, what, what do you have on the interior of the offensive line where you had some turnover? But so far through two games, the results have been very good. Michael Penix is slinging it all over the field as he did in 2022. So when you look at Washington setting that up for themselves, that was very, very smart. But on Utah's side of things, they decided to go back-to-back power fives. Why? I don't know. But from a, a Utah standpoint and a logistical standpoint for us as college football fans, it would have been better if they played Weber State in week two because we had a bunch of other games in the conference to keep us occupied and get and catch our attention. Re- realignment stinks in many ways for many reasons, as I've talked about extensively here on the show. But I have long held the opinion and continue to believe that scheduling in college football is just so bent out of shape. It, it, there, there is no rhyme or reason to it. I do not wish college football to become the NFL. I lament the implication that it should resemble anything close to the NFL. However, there is one area where the NFL dominates that college football is not even close, and that is scheduling. Balancing the non-conference matchups. Once league play begins, you're going to have good matchups every single week. But in the non-conference slate, this has got to be better. Because last week was so awesome, but it was almost an overload. And you just, at the outset, had eight Power 5 non-conference games in a two-week span. You put seven of them into one week. What are you doing? 
What, what are you doing? It doesn't mean there can't be good matchups with G5 opponents. Arizona State, Fresno State, look, it's not a high-profile game, but it's going to be a compelling game to watch. That's a big game for Fresno State for sure, regardless of where Arizona State's program is at right now and how they look this season. But the, the, the fact that this is the way things have been set up is a problem for the sport. I would love for the We're going to have all these changes to college football. Realignment, expanded playoff, NIL, portal, and yet the scheduling remains just all sorts of out of whack. I, I, I cannot emphasize enough how strongly I feel about that matter, hence why it is the lead subject on today's show. Now, there are games in week three that I'm going to be watching, that many of you are going to be watching, and you should be watching, because regardless, there are still some games and trends and things to watch for as kind of a teaser for week one of conference play, which is going to be absolutely positively stacked. I mean, the matchups next week, the storylines, Colorado at Oregon, Oregon State at Washington State, just to name a couple. UCLA goes at Utah. It's going to be fantastic. Your hiring situation will be fantastic when you go check out LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain, not 98 or 99%, 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one. Top of the food chain, best of the best creme de la creme in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. I would like to go on there and find a qualified candidate to be the college football scheduling czar. And I'll make myself a candidate in there somehow. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, second segment sip taking us right into college football. So let's go game by game predictions here. And then the Pac-12 prime picks, which um, are off to a great start this year at seven and three. That's coming uh, to end today's show. I am just telling you right now, this, 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 may, this may be the time uh, to, to, <laughs> to fade the picks. Um, don't love them. Don't. I just don't know about him, but okay, we'll we'll get to that uh, a bit later in the show. So, let's start with Utah against Weber State. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Utes; they are at home against an FCS opponent, a good FCS opponent historically. But uh, they've got a new head coach. Utah does not. Yeah, I'm going with the Utes. Thirty-one to seven. I think Utah wins that game. How about Oregon State, San Diego State? Talked about this one yesterday. This line has moved out to twenty-four and a half. Potentially one that will uh, appear in the Pac-12 prime picks. I I look at what Oregon State has done so far, and as we discussed yesterday, they're, they're a little bit of an enigma. There, there's kind of an element of eh, we don't really know. We, we think we know because they look the way a good team looks against inferior competition, but if they played a team on their level, no, they won't do that until next week. This is a San Diego State team that struggles to throw the football, that struggled offensively against UCLA last week. Oregon State still has a really, really good defense. Uh, maybe not quite as good as last year, though the early indications are it still looks really good. So I, I think that the Beavs at home are cruising here. Um, normally, San Diego State can give... 
uh, a team like Oregon State a a better push, but that's not where these programs are at right now. Oregon State is a conference contender. San Diego State, I don't even know if they're a Mountain West contender right now. Adore the Aztecs, though, though I do. Um, I think Oregon State wins that one big, uh, 41 to 10, your, your final score. Cal and Idaho. Um, so Cal last week uh, should have beaten Auburn. They didn't. It was an ugly, muck it up, terrible, no good, very bad football game from the Golden Bears. And they still almost almost won against uh, an opponent from the SEC. Uh, they take on an Idaho team that, by the way, once upon a time was a bottom dweller in the big sky. Uh, that's not the case anymore because they hired South Dakota State's offensive coordinator uh, a year or two ago, and he has done very well for uh, the Vandals there in, uh, not Pocatello, uh, in, in Moscow, I think is where the University of Idaho is located. I've been there before, I forgot. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I think this is a bounce back spot for Cal. Don't be surprised. With Washington looming next week, if Cal doesn't have a little bit of a look-ahead feeling here, I think that's something they need to try and avoid against an FCS team. But they're at home. I think their offense will look closer to what it uh, appeared to be against North Texas than what it was against Auburn. Uh, I'll take Cal 34-13. Washington at Michigan State. Now, this is the biggest game of the day. This game, remember, on Peacock only. Welcome to the streaming world. This is going to become more and more common as time goes on. Washington at Michigan State. This is a 2-0 Michigan State team that has not been challenged yet. They played Central Michigan and I believe a non-Division I uh, opponent, if, uh, if memory serves. I'm going to double-check that real quick. Yeah, Richmond. Um, I think Richmond is technically a... Uh, <laughs> a, a, a an FBS school, I, I, I think. Um, no, they're an FCS program. Never mind. So, uh, which which tracks? So, Michigan State so far two and zero, but not an impressive two and zero. They haven't looked as good as Washington. Um, they struggled with Central Michigan for a while before pulling away at, at the end. That game was at home. I think Washington gets this done. Now, he, here's the dilemma that that I am in, and we'll see later if I'm confident enough to put this in the Pac-12 prime picks. I think Washington wins. My my official score prediction here is thirty four to twenty. I I'm I'm tempted to back off of it. I'm I'm tempted to back off that particular number. You're gonna have a hostile environment. You're gonna have a power five opponent that can always create havoc. This line was originally eleven and a half. Mel Tucker not being there has moved it out to sixteen and a half. That's a big jump, and why I think there might be value. Uh, on on Michigan State, but I also watched them go into Seattle last year and just fail to stop this Washington pass offense. Um, now, I don't think the Michigan State pass defense could have been any worse, but I know that the Huskies passing attack is every bit as good as it was in 2022. So I don't know how Michigan State is getting stops. I don't think their offense keeps up uh, super well. I don't think this game is as close as the final score indicates. Um I'll, I'll hold off on that score prediction and, until uh, until later and see if we'll see where I'm at by the end of recording the show. If I want to keep that in the Pac-12 prime picks, uh, but perhaps uh, Washington definitely wins there. I don't think they have any any issue. So Washington State, Northern Colorado, that's an FCS program. That's a good FBS team in the top 25. I think the Cougs at home are making a statement here. I think they're making a statement. I think they're you know, determined to show every single week that they're a program that deserves to be uh, at the power four level in 2024 and beyond. And they're not going to be that, unfortunately. I think they absolutely dominate Northern Colorado here. I, I've got 51 to seven as my final score prediction. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they hold Northern Colorado without a touchdown. I really wouldn't. The defensive front is gnarly. UCLA against North Carolina Central. We're going to see a lot of rotating quarterbacks again. That's kind of the biggest thing to watch for is, is Dante Moore officially the starter or is he not officially the starter? Is he going to play the whole time or is Ethan Garber's going to play? What about Colin Schley? This just continues to be a revolving door for Chip Kelly and company. He should just play Dante Moore, in my view. I don't think that anybody else presents enough upside to warrant not playing the true freshman and getting him ready for the Big Ten next year. Um, I think this is you know, an easy win for, for UCLA. I, I don't even know where North Carolina Central uh, comes from. Uh, uh, you know, they're going to walk away with a paycheck. That's that's what they're doing. That's a long, long trip across the country as well. So uh, no line on that game that, that I've seen. But give me the Bruins. Uh, give me the Bruins 37 to 10. I think they, uh, they end up getting that one done. Moving on, Stanford, Sacramento State. I think this could be tight-ish. Um, Stanford is not good, but they did look good against Hawaii on the road. Uh, now, this is an FCS opponent, but it's a really good FCS opponent. And and Stanford, I think, got reminded last week that they're not as good as they look week one in Hawaii, but they still looked like that against a G5 team, which in theory has better talent than, uh, than Sacramento State. I think that gap is not uh, supremely wide. Um, so I'm going Stanford to win, and not, not necessarily a close one, but kind of um, they'll get it done. 27-13 in what I am predicting to be the Cardinals' final win of uh, of 2023. Not hoping for that, but that's kind of how, how I feel about them. Them and ASU, um, I think, can both push at this point for going winless in conference play because the league is so stacked. Colorado, Colorado State. I think this is a big one for Colorado, as in a big victory. Not a big game. They're going to win. I always thought they would win this particular game. Colorado State is not good. They got housed by Washington State on their home field. I think at the very least, Colorado and Washington State are equal teams. I'll tell you right now, that game is in the Pac-12 prime picks. That one uh, that one is there uh, for sure. I, I, I think the Buffs are going to have no problem whatsoever with, uh, with, with Colorado State. Uh, I think they'll roll in that one pretty darn handily uh, against the Rams. A, a program that I've seen them lose to before, but as we all know, this is very... Very, very, very different, uh, very, very different Colorado team. And they're at home. Uh, I don't think they played particularly well last week. That's why I was so impressed they were still able, able to win comfortably. They're going to win comfortably here uh, against uh, against the the Rams of Colorado State. I'll give you a score prediction in the Pac-12 prime picks because that one's there. Arizona State. You know the biggest question that I'm looking for in this Arizona State game? Is Jaden Rashada the best version of himself yet? in 2023 he'll be better in 2024 and beyond but this is a fun game this is honestly one of the most fun games it's a it's a shame the stakes are so low because fresno state has been a thorn in the side of many of pac-12 programs over the years and this game is in tempe third straight week the sun devils are at home they're one and one a close win over southern utah um a, a pretty close and competitive loss to oklahoma state i thought they played better against the cowboys than they did against uh the thunderbirds in week one um, stick around for that one. Uh, but Jaden Rashada is the big question that, that I'm kind of looking for. I think my preseason prediction was that Arizona state would win that game. Kind of inclined to stick with that right now. Uh, and then the last one, the nightcap UTEP at Arizona, 8 PM Pacific time. 
late, late kickoff. So too is the Colorado, Colorado State game. Uh, both these games will, or sorry, Arizona UTEP is on Pac-12 Network. Fresno State ASU is on FS1. Colorado, Colorado State is on uh, ESPN. But I, I look at that, that Colorado, Colorado State game and say, well, I don't think that one's going to be close. And I feel the same way about this UTEP-Arizona game. I like Arizona. I was impressed with them last week. I liked them coming into the year. I still like them. I am doubling down on my like of Arizona here uh, in the early portion of the season. I will always double down on my like of FanDuel because that can get you ready for the NFL season or bet all of these lines, of course, which are available on FanDuel uh, with incredible offers from America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kickoff the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and our sports book here at the Locked On Network. Speaking of FanDuel, um, they have Arizona right now as a 17 and a half point favorite over the minors of UTEP. I love Arizona here. So let's get into the Pac-12 prime picks because it is, a, it is a challenging week, to say the least, but I, it, because there just aren't going to be that many close games, big numbers are tough to pick. We don't even have spreads on all the games, so the options to choose from are pretty limited at this point in time. The one I'm staying away from is Oregon minus 37.5, but let me start with probably my favorite pick of the week, Arizona minus 17.5 against UTEP. Here's what I know about UTEP. Through three games, they've played one Power 5 opponent. That was at Northwestern. They lost 38-7. to Do I think Arizona is good enough to play on the field with Northwestern? Absolutely. That's point one. Point two, Arizona's weakness offensively and the way you slow them down is what Mississippi State did a week ago. You turn over Jaden Delora. They forced five turnovers last week. Four of them were interceptions. The Miners have played Jacksonville State, They've played Northwestern, and their other opponent this year is Incarnate Word. That's their only win, and that's an FCS opponent. Jacksonville State, by the way, was FCS just one season ago. They have forced a grand total of one interception in three games. This is not a team that forces a lot of turnovers, and that's what you need to slow down Arizona and stay within striking distance here. I think Arizona's defense is much improved. I thought that in the offseason, I liked the moves they made. That reared its head last week against Mississippi State. They got down 14-0 early, boom. They allowed 10 points in the final three quarters on the road. In Starkville, hostile environment, solid Power 5 program, Mississippi State. Now they come back home and play UTEP, who through three games this year have put up uh, 14 points in a loss to Jacksonville State. Uh, 28 points against an FCS opponent, Incarnate Word, and 7 against their lone Power 5 opponent. Consider me unimpressed. I will take Arizona to hammer the Miners here 38-10 to with a cover. That's my favorite pick of the week. Next one that I like, I'm sticking with Arizona State to beat Fresno State. I thought that's that would be one of their three wins before the season. I still believe that. 
They might be a two-win team by the time the year comes to a close. We'll see how it shakes out. The Pac-12 is really, really tough. But Arizona State, I thought, looked much better, especially on the defensive side of the ball against Oklahoma State. I don't love Fresno State's quarterback situation, having lost Jake Hayner from a season ago, who was kind of the driving force for a lot of their success. Fresno State is 2-0 and this year. They're coming off a three-point win against an FCS team themselves in Eastern Washington. Not impressive. So give me ASU to cover the plus three. I would like it more at three and a half. Yes, absolutely. I will take them plus three, and I will take them to win outright 24 to 20 over Fresno State. Colorado is winning big against Colorado State. Look, the Rams allowed 58 points on their home field to Washington State. Does anyone think that the offenses between Colorado and Washington State have a massive gap? Cam Ward is really good. Shadur Sanders is really good, maybe better. And then the weapons you have at Colorado, are they not at the very least comparable? Dare I say superior to what you have at Washington State, whose receivers have played well this year? But overall, I think that Colorado's had a really buttoned up, well-executed offense. I like Sean Lewis a lot as the offensive coordinator. I love Shador Sanders at quarterback. And the Rams defense is vulnerable to, to, the, to the passing attack, which is all you have. Like this is a strength for Colorado against a weakness for the Rams. They lost to Washington State 58 to 21. That was at home. Sorry, not 58-21. I was thinking of a different game. 50 to 24. That was at home. I don't think on the road they're going to be able to manage 24 points. And I think Colorado scores at least 40. I think you have a 45-17 ball game here. Colorado minus 23 and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm taking I'm taking that pick uh, right there. Now the biggest game of the week is Washington at Michigan State. There are only two outcomes when a coach has a scandal or is dismissed from the team and an interim comes into the situation. The team plays super motivated, or the team is just completely defeated. And I'm, I'm, look, this is a coin flip of outcomes. This is either going to be way closer than it should be, or Washington is going to win by 30 plus points. I have a feeling this is the one I'm going to regret. I am betting the value in the line movement here more than anything. Washington State, or Washington rather, at Michigan State opened at 11 and a half. It was minus 11 and a half for Washington. It's now up to 16 and a half. Do I think that Mel Tucker, who's who was coaching the game last year and allowed a bunch of passing yards to the Huskies, is suddenly making all the difference in the world? I think this is a backdoor cover. 16 and a half is just a lot to what I think is a mildly improved, though not a lot, uh, Michigan State team at home. The they're 2-0, so the crowd's going to be on fire. And they've got a top 10 team coming to town. Washington is a much better football team. I think they keep them at an arm's length for most of the game and and then some perhaps. You know, it'll be like a 14 to 17 point game. Maybe a late field goal gives Michigan State the cover. I'll take Washington uh to win it 34 to 20. So, last pick here of the five Pac-12 prime picks, which I hope continue on a good path, but boy, I don't know. We'll just, we'll just have to see. Uh, cause I'm, I, I don't love every pick. The picks I love the most are Colorado and Arizona. Those are the ones that I really, really like this week. Um, everyone else, 
gosh, there are some there are some real questions. And I don't love the lines. I'm going Oregon State minus 24 and a half uh, against San Diego State. I, I think the Aztecs, much like last week, are going to struggle to score points. I think you're going to have an Oregon State team whose offense has looked really good and sharp so far continue to look that way. I think Oregon State's a better team than UCLA, who won this game 35-10. to 10. I'll give the Beavs another uh, six points at home, given that they're at Research Stadium, where they've been really, really tough to beat. 41-10, to 10, I think, is uh, the final score here in, uh, in Corvallis on Saturday. Oregon State uh, wins and covers over the Aztecs of San Diego State. So, Lines provided by FanDuel, uh, like Oregon State, minus 24.5, Colorado, minus 23.5, Arizona State, plus 3, Arizona, minus 17.5, and and then uh, Michigan State, plus 16.5, the week 3 edition of the Pac-12 Prime Picks. If you were ever going to pick a week to fade the picks of a guy who's 7-3 and in the last 10, this might be the one. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not telling you what to do. Just throwing it out there that these are tricky lines and I don't have as many available as I would like, but those are the five that I feel best about. Should be a weekend with a lot of big scores in football. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the football. Have a wonderful rest of your day.